In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast radio partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and again, I have the privilege of hosting this show and walking us through this truth that in so many ways that we might not have thought of before, the gospel it really does make a way. And so I'm glad that you've joined us here on the show, or maybe you're catching us later on a podcast and not on the radio, or maybe you're catching me in person someday on the weekend at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, where they have the privilege of being the lead pastor. But here's what I do know. There are so many issues in our life that have become highly, highly politicized. And we're going to talk about one of those issues today when we talk about our environment. There's debates on climate change, and there's all kinds of debates around the implications of it. And they continue really at a feverish pace between climatologists, between politicians, social scientists, and yes, even within the church. Now, Scripture is clear about all kinds of things. And one thing it's clear about is that God's creation of our physical universe and mankind actually bring him glory. And both are important to him. So if both are important to him, we must steward these well, and we need to understand the often complex interrelationships that occur between environmental conditions and what it means to thrive as a human being made in the image of God. In fact, when we look at the Bible, we read this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that, that his creation and us are made for these purposes. God said this, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Well, I'm excited today because today we have a guest uh, who is uniquely positioned, right, in their influence as a stakeholder in our quest to steward the environment well. She's a scientist, but she's also a pastor. And those, by the way, are not mutually exclusive. And listen in today as she shares her passion for educating the church and spurring us on to action in the area of what she calls and what we'll define creation care. So, Jessica, welcome to the show. Or should I say Dr. Jessica Mormon? Thank you for being here today. Well, thank you, Pastor Brian. It's a real honor to join you today. Well, let's tell people a little bit why you're passionate about this and your background that brings to bear the conversation that we have. You are a climate scientist, pastor, educator, and advocate. You're vice president of science and policy at the Evangelical Environment Network and is co-founding pastor at Grace Capital City, uh, which you planted with your husband, Chris, back in 2016. You're a board member of the National Association of Evangelicals. You're research associate at Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. You've testified for Congress, appeared on major media outlets, including the NBC Today Show, Good Morning America, Christian Broadcasting Network, Newsmax. I imagine in the future you're going to add good news for the city to that, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You served a policy fellow at the U.S. Department of Energy and Research at Johns Hopkins. You got a Ph.D. in Earth and Atmospheric Sciences from Georgia Tech. You are passionate, obviously, about so many things, but about leading the church and community towards positive solutions to safeguard our cities, our neighborhoods, and the next generation from the effects of what happens when our world continues to warm and we have life-threatening pollution. 
and that led you to the Creation Care Justice Ministry at your church at Grace Capital City. You originally hail from East Tennessee. We have to talk about that. I was born in Chattanooga, lived in Maryville. We can talk about that off off the radio, I'm sure. And you remain, as many of us do who grew up in the South, a Southern person at heart. So again, as I mentioned before, you married your husband, Chris, and you have two young boys. And let's talk. Because this sort of piqued my interest, and I'm interested how it piqued your interest. I mean, with so many different avenues that you could have pursued in life, uh, PhDs aren't for the light of heart. Uh, you said, hey, I've got, you know, these interests. What brought you to this interest in creation care and faith and how those together? And you call it a ministry that led you to became a climate scientist. In fact, you say you are a climate scientist because of your faith in Christ Jesus. You are not a climate scientist in spite of your faith of client, uh, in spite of your faith in Jesus Christ. So let's, let's unpack that a little bit if we can. Absolutely. Well, first, it's wonderful to meet another Merrillian. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yes, grew up in Merrillville as well. Or as we said, Merrillville. Merrillville. Yes. Yes. You got to say it right. That's right. Um, that growing up in East Tennessee is a big part of my story of mm. just being surrounded by the beauty and grandeur. Yeah, a lot of Smoky Mountains, spent a lot of time at Cades Cove. We could talk about that a little bit later on. Absolutely. But ultimately what it came down to was as as a young Christian, I felt called into ministry. Mm -hmm. So I prayed a really dangerous prayer. Mm. And I'd simply said, Lord, what would you have me do? Yeah. And his response, study earth sciences, study geology. And I was just like, can I even do this? But by simply following God, he has led me on an incredible journey of discovery of how caring for his creation and especially through climate science that we honor him and also love our neighbor as ourselves and serve the most vulnerable in society who Jesus calls us to care for. So let's talk about the term you use, creation care. One of the things that often happens is, is we enter into a conversation with people and I'm sure this happened in your marriage. It's happened in my marriage. It's happened with friends. It's happened for me with friends. It, everyone I think knows his experience where people use the same words, but they're not really even defining those words the same way. Like if I use the word clean, I mean the word organized behind it. If my wife uses the word clean, she means sanitized. Mm-hmm. Same word, but different sort of definition. And certainly I believe when we use the term climate care or creation care, rather, there's a whole lot of definitions that people can bring to it. So it's important for us, for our conversation today, for people to hear when you say creation care, how are you defining it? What do you mean for the purposes of our conversation? Absolutely. Creation care is such an important term and why I use it Mm -hmm. is because it puts right at the center, God, our creator. Ah, yes. So, So others may use terms like environmentalism, conservation, environmental stewardship. Right. But for us, I use creation care because that is first and foremost, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Right. And we are called just as, um, I love that you started in Genesis because we, part of our divine assignment that God has given us as humans made in his image mm-hmm. is to take care and responsibility for everything that he made everything that he earlier calls very good in creation. And so we want to keep that front and center that as we are engaging in making sure that everyone has clean water, clean air, a safe climate to thrive in, that it is first and foremost, an act of love and worship and discipleship to our creator, God, to take seriously that, that first commission he gave to us to take 
great care of all of his handiwork. And I think depending on someone's background or maybe even where they live, it'd be really easy not to think about this particular subject. If you grew up in East Tennessee, like I did for a little while, that you clearly did, uh, there's probably a lot of environment that you think of, but you could find a lot of clean water a lot faster and a lot of mm-hmm. availability, some things that maybe some people in cities and other things don't have that too. Particular generations, uh, to be somewhat stereotypical, the older that you find a generation, and I find myself with you know one foot clearly in the Gen X world and mm. uh, one foot clearly in depending on what day is in another world, they have more or less emphasis on certain things. But certainly, this idea of creation care is a multi-generational issue, mm-hmm. but you see it expressing itself, what I would like to say, a lot more obviously through some younger generations, which brings me to, you know, the privilege that you've had as being the founding pastor with your husband, Chris, at Grace Capital City Church. It's described, and this is what I love, as a church with a vision to be multi-generational, with an emphasis on reaching and discipling. Here it is, college students, young professionals, people who fall in that generation who are looking at this holistically, more so maybe than other generations might. It's not exclusive to their generation, but let's just say it shows up a little bit more. But particularly in this area of environmental stewardship, as an expression of the outpouring of your faith. That isn't, I don't think a lot of people, when they think ways to reach the world, think through that, Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the technical term, apologetic, a way to talk about the truth of Jesus Christ and share the good news. How does that work for you at the church? How does it work for you as an individual? How does it work for uh, the the ministries that you're doing? And how has God blessed that endeavor as you stepped into it this way? Yeah, so whenever we uh, were first following God Mm -hmm. and planting this church in the heart of Washington, D.C. and the district, we knew that engaging in creation care was going to be a core part of our ministry. And, but we didn't know how that was Mm going to look because we hadn't seen other churches necessarily step out and and lead in that way. And so I, I, I'm, I'd be lying if I'd said that there wasn't some fear and trepidation because it can be. And I'd be lying if I say I'm sitting here and I'm fearful just thinking about what you went through. Yeah, because I have absolutely. And but what we found was once we we started putting it in context of discipleship, of being mm. obedient to to God's call to us to be good stewards of what he's made. When we put it in context of ministry and mission and service, of, of knowing that especially the most vulnerable here at home and especially across the world are, are most impacted by environmental pollution, by extreme weather, putting that in that ministry context. What we found was that young people, they were hungry for that information because they were seeing, they mm-hmm. see the same things. They're seeing more extreme weather. They're seeing, and they're making that connection with their faith um, and to, uh, to, to serve people. They're seeing that connection, and they are looking for a church to lead them in that area. And so we were so surprised to find this very hungry group of young people in our congregation who were so on board and ready to go. They were just waiting for folks, for the church, to for us to provide them with a structure and uh, a ministry to be able to live that out. So there's both a ministry of the church, but then there's both a ministry that kind of grows out into the larger church. So the, we often use the term the local church, you know, like the church that you have there at Grace Capital City or here at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, or there's sort of the global church, right? All those who profess the name of Jesus Christ, who are part of the family of God, as we're adopted, mm. it says in Romans chapter 8. 
there's that, those group of people that then come together. Is that where the heart of the evangelical environment network, we can go find it at creationcare.org, sort of comes in and, and grabbing more than just a singular local church, but think about how to engage that in the, the global church? Yes, absolutely. At the global church, of, again, making those connections between how uh, uh, a more extreme climate, environmental degradation impacts hunger. Mm. impacts poverty and helping what we do at the evangelical environmental network is really come alongside churches to help them make that connection between the people, the places and the problems that they're already serving in ministry. How does creation care intersect with that? And how does that enhance their ministry? Whenever you, you take that into account. Um, One example of that is even just looking around our neighborhoods and noticing that certain neighbors, neighborhoods, they have a lack of trees. Well, what does that mean? That means, one, they're not surrounded in God's beauty, but also means during heat waves, it's hotter. That means higher energy bills, especially what we find is that's in low-income neighborhoods. So simply by uh, looking at that creation care connection as we're serving our neighbors and our communities, by simply making sure that uh, uh, underserved communities have more tree cover, getting our churches and our, our members involved in planting trees in the right neighborhoods, the neighborhoods that need it, we're bringing God's creation right to people's front steps and uh, protecting them from from uh, heat health harms, helping them lower their their energy bills and have less pressure financially. There's just so many different connections of enhancing our ministry whenever we bring creation care into uh, the consideration there. So you mentioned a few moments ago, this is my words, not yours, a little bit of trepidation when you talk about you know, making this an aspect of the gospel of helping people understand the truth about who God is and, and making a difference. And in talking about that, and again, my words, not yours, uh, the, the trepidation, I think there's a little bit of acknowledgement there that in the church world, and I'm going to use that term if people could see me in air quotes, <laughs> it's a very mm-hmm. relative term, that there's a lot of division around this. Yes, um, And even in places where there's unity because of the tension around this conversation, because of the so many differing ideas, uh, some of them quality, some of them not informed around it, that there's there's a good possibility that this aspect of the mandate God gave us is neglected in churches. Um, do you think that's the reason why that possibility is high? Or from your opinion, why do you think that when it comes to this idea, there's trepidation or there's maybe less willingness to engage it in comparison to maybe some other ways that we can show God's glory and help the gospel make a way. Mm. Yeah, I as we were connecting with uh, before the show, I'm a history buff. I love looking to history. And one thing that I have found with looking at how is the church engaged in environmental stewardship, creation care over the ages— what we find is that history tells us that this isn't a radical new idea okay. for the church. It's actually foundational to our faith. And um, even the roots of the American conservation and environmental movements actually were birthed out of the church and out of uh, a stewardship doctrine from John Calvin and John Wesley. And the church had been acting that out. But what's really interesting, and even you look at the you look in the Old Testament with Israel, it only takes one or two generations for something to be lost. 
Right. And that's what we've seen, especially over the last last 50 years, maybe in 100 years, is uh, the church shine away, losing that connection of being those good stewards of God's creation. And especially because, I think, because it's been framed, taking good care of the environment, the environment has become a cultural issue. Mm. And it's become a, a partisan issue instead of staying that that biblical and uh, even just obedience issue. Um, right. And so I, I think that's where once it's taken out of its proper context and framed in that cultural way, we've let the culture wars inform um, a lot of our discourse on this instead of instead of the Bible, instead of church history. And that's where things start getting controversial. It makes me reflect a little bit of what you mentioned earlier in the very uh, specific way that you've called it creation care because implied behind the term creation is creator. And there's always a temptation to worship the gift instead of the giver. Yes. The gift is creation. The giver is God. And when when those who don't grasp or connect that well, I think what has happened many times is the environment per se has become an idol before God Mm -hmm. instead of something that God created that he asked us to steward. And implicit in the idea of stewardship is that it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to someone else. In this case, it belongs to God, who then allows us to live in it and ask something from us, and in this way, to steward it. Mm. And, and and we've mentioned already this idea, especially in a particular generation, they might look at the church and begin to draw conclusions about what the church really thinks about the holistic gospel when they see error um, areas, not errors per se, that aren't paid attention to. And some that are. And so how, in light of maybe that, do you think that having evangelicals participate in the public arena, especially in this issue, opens the doors for other people who may not know the creator, but see the creation to explore truths about the creator in God and faith? Oh, it's a huge opportunity, especially in this post-Christian world where there are so many folks who may not step into a church. Right. It is such an incredible opportunity to be salt and light in uh, in those communities and with those people who may not step into a church, but you know what? They'll attend a trash cleanup. They'll, uh, and this was something that we just did with our, our church and our creation care ministry at Grace Capital City to, in honor of Martin Luther King Day, we had a day of service. And we went down to the Anacostia River in here in D.C. in one of our, our underserved wards and neighborhoods, joined with others, people of faith and secular, um, to to clean up the the neighborhoods, do a trash cleanup there. And I'll tell you, whenever you say, "Oh, we're an evangelical church here," mm. uh, people. Are, it gets their attention. Yeah, I wish people could have seen the look that you just put on your face since we're just an audio show. Like, there's that surprise, like, oh, that that catches them off guard, right? Yeah, and it then opens the door to share why you're here and to have a conversation about Jesus. Yeah. So you've developed then as an aspect of your local church. Again, you know, you can find out more about Grace Capital City by going to gracecapitalcity.com. But if you slashed after gracecapitalcity.com and added creation care, 
you could find out more about that. I- explain that maybe a little bit more so for people who may not be yet running to the website or just kind of they want to hear from uh, just an audio standpoint instead of reading about this. Tell us about that ministry, what it looks like. Obviously, going down to the river on Martin Luther King Day is an example. Exactly. So we, we frame it in how can we serve the nation's the next generation in our neighborhood mm. um, through creation care, ensuring that everyone has that healthy environment. And so right now, a lot of our uh, focus is on our serving our local community in Washington, D.C., doing those trash cleanup days, doing tree planting, especially in neighborhoods that need it. And uh, while we do that, again, it's an incredible opportunity to meet our neighbors and begin to share the love of Jesus with them. Um, We also are are hosting education opportunities because, again, there needs to be a reframing and a recentering of environmental care and stewardship around the Bible and around our call as being faithful followers of Jesus. And so we're also looking at those intersections of, of how does this um, intersect our our ministry, uh, our anti-poverty ministry, our anti-hunger ministry, finding those connection points then helps us do better re-focus uh, uh, and enhance our, our ministry to the nations. And again, being that way to reach the next generation as well, who are hungry to serve God in this way. It strikes me that maybe there's someone who's listened this far and they're still somewhat skeptical like this can make a difference in people's lives. Can you, do you have a story maybe of an individual that through this uh, creation care ministry that they became aware, number one, about the creation at a greater level, but also the creator behind the creation? Absolutely. Well, I can tell you a story about um, Pastor Nate Goodson up in Philadelphia, at least of in terms of how uh, uh, our ministry of creation care helped him serve his community better because ultimately at the evangelical environmental network we approach creation care as a pro-life issue because at the heart of it taking care of the creation is taking care of people especially those most vulnerable including our children and what uh pastor pastor nate in his community was seeing was children who so many children with asthma that was a huge problem in his, and is a problem in his community. And realizing as, as we engaged with him, helping him draw that connection between air pollution was triggering asthma attacks in his community. And so through that, uh, Pastor Nate has uh, gotten on board with uh, electrifying school buses or getting rid of traffic emissions in his community as a way to protect the health of the children in his community. Yeah. Now that that's a great example, and I'm sure there's many, many more. And so I want to give people an opportunity, obviously, again, to go to creationcare.org to find out more about it. Uh, you can go to gracecapitalcity.com slash creationcare. Uh, in that way, there's also some very interesting things that are happening in regards to uh, restoration in a church building you're trying to restore. You can find out more about there by going to slash generations at the website. But upcoming... Uh, in April 21st and 22nd, at, right there at your church, you have a weekend of worship service and celebration of Creator God. Tell our listeners about that, again, in case they want to tune in or come in person. Absolutely. So as uh, your listeners may be aware, April 22nd is Earth Day. And sometimes for us in the Large Sea Church, we're not sure how yes. to engage that. And so it, 
with we have, are holding an event on April 21st and 22nd um, to again recenter that. It's called With All Creation. We're going to start Friday night with a worship service, worshiping God, and then on Saturday go through some breakouts of how we can put that into action. Yeah, and so if they came to that, they would meet you, obviously, there. They would meet your husband, Chris, both pastors there, as well as I'm sure many other people who are engaging in this very important conversation around what it looks like to think through creation as a manner which God created for the gospel to make a way. Uh, and so just thank you for this challenging conversation. Thank you so much for helping me think. I'm sure helping our listeners think in that way. And if you have been listening today and you would like to know more, I've shared that before. It'll be in the show notes at goodnewsforthecity.com, all those websites that we just mentioned. But also, if you'd like to contact Jessica specifically, maybe she said something that piqued your interest. Maybe you want to get involved more. Maybe you just want to have a conversation. Feel free to reach out to her at Jessica at creationcare.org. That's J-E-S-S-I-C-A at creationcare.org. Or if you'd like to contact me one way or the other or wave it, you can send an email to comment at WAVA.com or you can reach me right here at Christian Fellowship Church. You can go to the website at www.cfcwire.org. Click on my face and it'll send me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But as you take these moments today, I just want to say thank you, number one, for listening with a heart that has an intent to understand God's way of doing things and to listen to how God defines things and how he wants us to use our gifts and our talents towards stewarding one of his gifts towards us, creation, to help us all understand it is the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.